Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another NBA Heist edition of the Rambling Viking Podcast. As always, we've got myself and Connor here to break down another two teams as we uh, get within a week of the bubble restart. So uh, today we are doing our two seeds, which would be the Toronto Raptors and the LA Clippers. So we're going to kick it off with the Raptors. Connor, how are you feeling today? Feeling pretty good. We're actually getting up into the you know, the upper echelon. The uh, people who actually, in my mind, have a chance to uh, pull this heist off. Yeah, um, it's it's kind of exciting. And we're going to start with the defending. Um, I don't know what you would call it, big heist crew, oh, heist <laughs> champions. Uh, yeah. I don't like any of yeah, that. We didn't, we didn't Anyways, think this one out. we didn't plan for this. Um, they, they pulled a big one last year. Um, they, they were successful. All right, let's, let's, uh, let's get out of this word vomit and into some real uh, stuff. Connor, who, what you got? Start with our boy, Nick nurse. You got to start with our boy, Nick nurse. He, uh, I, I was, I was highly skeptical that he was like the type of mastermind who could pull off the big one. But as it turns out, maybe he is. I mean, because obviously he did it last year, and he's proving it this year that I guess he's just that dude. I, it's it's incredible, actually. Yeah, it. I think he surprised everybody. No, I don't think anybody gave him that much credit. They're like, okay, this guy's kind of good. And then when then when they won the title last year, everyone's like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> and I mean, people are always going to bring up, well, it was uh, injury ridden warriors and stuff like that. It's like, man, even, even if it wasn't, I still think he, he's a real fighting chance, you know? And I still think yeah. it very well could have happened. So, uh, I mean, he brought the best out of a player like Pascal Siakam and he's getting, he's getting um, a good amount of work out of, uh, or production out of these players, like he's 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 clearly helping these players to play to their potential, or even past oh, yeah. it in some way. Like OG Anotubi, Anunubi, Anunobi. Um, his first name's OG. So, yeah, anyways, that's all that really matters. I, yeah, I call him the newcomer who is the real deal. And yeah. he threw yeah, himself fast. Totally you remember, you remember way back when when they got rid of uh, was it Dwayne Casey and everyone's like he yeah. was one coach of the year and you fired yeah. him. I mean, nobody really said. You want to talk about like like yeah, coach of the year about to catch a big contract. J.K. You caught a pink slip and the door. Yeah. Oh, God, yeah. that's gotta suck. It's like an MVP. You gotta remember the big boss here. Yeah. yeah, you gotta remember the big boss here is Masai Ujiri, and. Mm-hmm. He's pretty well proven as maybe one of the best um, GM, big boss type guys. Like the things he pulls off are just mind boggling uh, most of the time. So, I mean, maybe we should have given it a little more credit that he knew more about what was going on than we did from the outside. Yeah. I mean, I still think Dwayne Casey is an incredible mastermind, but he's a great coach. I, uh, yeah, I didn't see this coming, and he it, it it took too long for us to eat our all of our own words, but we should is pretty much where we're at. 
eat them right back up. Serve them cold yeah. and just eat them. Don't even don't even reheat these things. Just eat them cold, like cold, soggy fries that they are. Miserable. All right, um, Kyle Lowry, what you got going for him? Well, let's see. He shoots 35.4% from three on 8.3 attempts a game. So he is attempting to crack a bunch of safes. Not great at it. He tries. But man, does I mean, he gets after it. Uh, 7.7 assists per game this year, which kind of leads me to maybe he's a hacker. 105 defense rating, so he's a good defender. I mean, a little above average defender. So... I think he's probably the lead man for this team, I guess is what you'd have to say. But otherwise, I, if if you didn't want to give him the lead man status, I suppose he'd be a hacker and a pretty solid one at that. But, you know, he's probably the lead man here. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I think he's pretty clear-cut lead man. I mean, Pascal Siakam, if, if he keeps progressing, he's going to become that role. But... Uh, with the vacuum of DeMar leaving, it was, I mean, Kyle Lowry, when I was looking at all the stats, I was like, well, he's not like, he's not amazing at safe cracking. He's, he doesn't have numbers that makes me think, oh, he's like a hacker. You know, he's not averaging eight or nine or 10 assists a game. 7.7 is good. And, but you kind of expect that out of a point guard. Um, But he, he really does. I mean, he plays good defense. He, he's always up there in steals per game. I know in the league. And so I, I think he's there. Everyone else on this team is relatively new or young or both. And so I think he's kind of a a clear lead man and I'm comfortable calling him that. So um, the thing that's interesting for me about Kyle Lowry, has he ever been a lead man in his career before this? His last year was clearly Kawhi before that. Was it DeMar? I think it was probably DeMar before that. I mean, DeMar got all the spotlight, but like he was a compliment to him. He's almost like CJ McCollum, you know? Take Dame yeah, out, and it's I like, oh, so so it's like they're like, okay, so CJ's in charge now, and so everyone's yeah, like, no, out in charge. The, yeah, he was definitely the second man. I don't think he's ever been the first man. Before. No, no. I think this is kind of new territory for him. And mm. even now, there's an argument to be made that Pascal is above him. Yeah, I'm not saying it's true, but I mean, it's right there. You had to stop it's and think about it. It's just interesting. Mm-hmm. But I think. I think if we're talking, we're going to talk percentage of lead man ship. Kyle gets the bulk of it. You know, it's like a 60, I, I think 40, he's got the nod. 70, yeah. 30 split between him and Pascal. So I'm yeah. comfortable calling him a lead man because, well, I mean, like yeah. I said, he's 35%. He shoots eight attempts a game, but 35%, nothing really to shake a stick at. Um, so we can go ahead and move on to uh, Fred Van Vliet. I like him. Let's see. I do too. No one thought he was going to be good. He's kind of the Nick Nurse of players, as it turns mm-hmm. out. Um, 38.8% from three on seven attempts a game, 6.6 assists, 1.9 steals, 104.8 mm-hmm. defensive rating. I I don't know. He feels like he's a safe cracker, but then the amount of steals and assists. He does so much more. Sc- yeah, he does enough more, and he scores at a pretty good clip. I, I ended up going with smooth operator, but if you wanted to go safe cracker, I'm fine with that too. It's a little easier right there mm-hmm. in front of you, but um, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like he might well, just be a smooth operator already. I'm not sure. Yeah. When I looked at, so when I looked at the team across the board, I was like, okay, there's not really like a super clear cut safe cracker, but this is probably about as close as you're going to get. So I think you're right in saying that like he does, he does more than just crack saves, but he can crack safes 
I think it's yeah. an important note. Like it's he 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 does a lot more than just that. But then when it's like actually time to like, hey, we need to crack the safe now, he steps in and he does it. But he's also doing other stuff along with that. Yeah, he's, he's doing enough other. Mm-hmm. And which yeah. Which this whole team, by the way, shout out to I'm gonna call this one a Nick Nurse shout out. Um, pretty good defensive ratings. I mean, we are in the top yes. two teams in each conference, so the top four teams in the league. So you would expect like at least for everyone to be decent, but like I was kind of pleasantly surprised by them. Yeah, no, they really they really mm-hmm. do have a very good defensive rating, which is super interesting because they also this is a big shout out to Nick Nurse. Every once in a while, at least before you know, everything got shut down. They would randomly come out and in a press for like three minutes at a time, just oh. out of nowhere. Just, they would just suddenly press you for like three minutes and people wouldn't know what to do because they have all these crazy athletes here mm-hmm. as we're looking at the starters. I mean, it makes sense, but yeah, just suddenly we'll just press you for three minutes. It, it's just crazy. Yeah, that's something else. Because it, it, I mean, shout out to Nick Nurse on that, but yeah. Um, I know that throw me off. Press, press is yeah. when you're like, you're like a freshman, sophomore. Press is terrifying. Anyway, yeah. Anyways, um, let's move on to the OG. OG. Yep. Uh, Anunobi. I don't know what to call him, but we'll yeah. call him OG. OG. Uh, thirty-eight point one percent three on three point four attempts. Um, really doesn't do a whole lot else. One one hundred five point five defense rating, which is you know. Pretty much league average, just a little better. Um, I guess you'd call him a safe cracker that just doesn't do it often, I guess. Or you could just call him know. a cash grabber. I mean, either one is okay because you got these other two uh, with Van Vliet and Lowry who are attempting seven, 8.3 attempts uh, from three a game, and he just has 3.4. He shoots, I mean, a decent percentage, but, yeah, I don't know. He's probably he just, just a cash grabber who can – crack a safe every now and again. Yeah. He just doesn't give it enough attempts for me. Like if you're yeah, you know, three and a half attempts, it's like, and, and when you are on a team where two other guys collectively take, you know, 15 attempts, it's yeah. like, all right, you're not, you're not doing enough. You know, it's kind of like when yeah. it's kind of like one of the other randos on the warriors who shoots a three or a couple threes a game and they make them. And it's like, we all know who the clear three point, yeah. Uh, leaders are on this team and they're so far ahead that it doesn't matter that Quinn Cook or whoever is even still on the Warriors that's a no name um, makes it so I I really went I went cash grabber just because I was like he doesn't excel at any one thing mainly because in part because he's surrounded by such a good supporting cast or everyone else is you know so good and actually kind of specializes in one thing or the other that I was like "Mm." I mean He's basically just like a good supporting role. Like he doesn't do anything special in my mind. Yeah, I'm fine with just calling him the cash grabber, really. Which in is a pinch. Maybe he can crack a safe for you yeah. every now and again. But, you know, he's not who you're looking for to crack it. Yeah. Like if, if, if Van Vliet or Lowry or they both, if they both like jam a finger or something, doing something, yeah. or, and he needs to step in, he could do it, but don't count on him to do it every time because that's not what he's here yeah. for. He's here to make, to help out the heist as a whole. And that's what he's doing. And he's doing a good job. Like it's at this point, being a cash grabber on one of these teams really isn't that all bad of a gig. Like you just have to, you know, get a couple assists, maybe eight or nine points, you know, hold your own on defense and shoot decent enough from the field. And guess what? You're doing all right. 
Yeah, you see these cash grabbers at the what at the echelon we're at now, as compared to the people on you know on the outside of the playoffs in the bubble. <laughs> those cash grabbers also didn't play good defense, and they mm. didn't sh- shoot thirty eight percent from three. Nope. Like this is another level now that we're we're expecting a little more from you. Yeah, well, because it's one of those things that they didn't. If they would be a gaping hole in in the crew, and where they would be lacking, and even if you know the crew is all in all good, but you have that one question mark, kind of like what we talked about, like with the Thunder, like Dort seems to hold his own, but he doesn't really. But like, there's he's just a rookie. He's you know, it's mostly a hustle player, but he can kind of be a gaping hole. I mean, he continually, he shows out well enough where it's like, okay, no, we can kind of trust this guy to do something, but it's just, it's one of those things, you know? And so who knows how this guy would fare. The other thing too, that like, I don't want to jump to safe cracker necessarily or anything because who knows what he would do if he had a more prominent role, he might, you know, he might not perform as well or he might perform just as well and be like, Oh, this guy's actually kind of a breakout, but that's way too much on OG. Let's go ahead and move on to, um, old, uh, Pascal. Yeah. Pascal, uh, 35.9% from three on six attempts, 104 defense rating. Um, he kind of came out of nowhere last year. Man, we, no one knew who he was. And he's kind of like, uh, Matt Damon, in the Ocean's Eleven movie, where mm-hmm. you're like, who's this kid? Oh, okay, he's just like the best, you know, pickpocket we've ever seen type guy. Okay, wow, this is crazy. And then after that, in like Ocean's Twelve and Thirteen, he's one of the main dudes. You're like, oh, okay, this progressed quickly for, for old Matty Damon. I got it. <laughs> That's kind of what we're looking at here, because he pretty much has to be a smooth operator right now. But he mm-hmm. might be the lead man almost. I mean, like we talked about when we were talking Kyle Lowry, he's 30 40% lead man already for the team. And it's, it's just crazy, I guess, is where I'm at. I mean, without if he hadn't done what he did last year, they don't win the chip. Like, he yeah, exceeds exactly. expectations, and everyone's like, whoa, hold on, what do we do about this cat over here? He's making shots, he's scoring, he's, you know, he's doing everything. Like, he's... He's doing a little bit of everything and he's doing it well, like at a high level on the biggest stage. Oh crap. And so that's, that's why I call him smooth operator, borderline lead man. Like he's, if, if this, so what we've seen so far is indicative of what the future is going to be and what, how, how he's going to pan out. He's going to end up being a lead man. I mean, Kyle Lowry is like 33 or something like that. Like he's, he's on the back end. And so Pat Dow is going to be who they build around. So I'm, yeah, I like that. Um, I think he just he he kind of does everything. So let's get on to yep. the classic Air Congo. Yep. Oh, Serge Ibaka. And and has he really changed his game from several years back? Um right now he's shooting this year he's shooting thirty nine point eight percent from three on three point three attempts. Uh one oh five defense rating, eight point three rebounds. I'm not sure what exactly he is. I don't know if you can really call him a brute. He saves cracks some, but he also protects the bucket. So I, I don't, I don't know what you call him. What, what are your ideas for what to call him? You know, I'm in, right here in the same boat where I'm like, I just don't have any idea. Um, Cause it's so, like you said, it's weird. He's an anomaly. He was that guy that like came in and they're like, Oh, he's going to be like an amazing brute. And he's like, 
no, nah, I want to have a little more finesse. I'm going to try and crack some safes. I'm going to. And maybe- the thing is, he really doesn't do a lot of brute things. No, like in the traditional, you know, push people around, intimidate them. Like he doesn't really do that. He gets a lot of blocks. This year, his is this is his first year in his career that he's averaging under one block a game, and he's averaging zero point eight. Oh my god! This is the first time for his career he still averages two point one blocks a game. He's that dude, typically. And while that sounds kind of brutish, it just it doesn't feel right for Surge. I mean, it just doesn't. I don't know. He doesn't fit the typical brute mold, but for this team, he operates in comparatively speaking, I mean like he is their brute. Kind of like how uh Van Vliet is their or wait, no. Yeah, Van Vliet, kind of like how Kyle Lowry is the lead man, question mark. You're like, he's not really like, I don't know. I don't feel like he really fits the bill hardcore for lead man, but for this team, that's what he is. And then same with Van Vliet being um, their safe cracker, even though, I mean, he's like a smooth operator, but but he's this team's primary safe cracker. So it's like, hmm. So, I mean, he is their, what I would call their primary option for a brute but he doesn't he's not super brutish it's kind of going back to i don't remember who we were talking about but um some rando on one of the low level teams who was like yeah. the soul of a poet it's a yeah. little similar but he he hasn't surge actually has a, enough of a mean streak to like do some brute sort of stuff but he's really almost yeah. like i don't know if we can call him a smooth operator but he, he kind of uh, probably not no not quite not it doesn't quite. feel quite right to call him that either. Yeah, I just, I guess you'd call him, he's a brute. He just does it different. Yeah. I guess is where you Un- be at. He's unorthodox. <laughs> yeah, sure. I, I, I'm i fine with going with that because there's nothing else we can call him no, at this he point. Really now, here's where we have a little bit of uh, <laughs> difference. Um, so, up for debate, who is the driver? Because they clearly have Mark Gasol, a seasoned veteran in the heist game and yeah he, he, he can do it but there's also norman powell who and this is from basketball reference who plays a little under a minute more, or a little over just over yeah. like a minute more but yeah, technically i did i knew i did um just because I, I I thought it'd be more interesting to talk about Marcus All really is what it came down to. Because, uh, yeah, they, they play like one minute difference per game. Mm-hmm. Norman Powell and Marcus All. Um, we can touch on them both real quick. Norman mm-hmm. Powell's doing a really good job this year of cracking safes. Um, he doesn't shoot. I mean, let's see here. He shoots 39.8% threes on mm-hmm. 5.4 attempts a game. So he's up there. And really giving it what he's got. I mean, he sa- he cracks some safes. He just does. I mean, he doesn't get a huge amount of attempts for the for the amount of minutes he plays this year, and he's cracking that many safes. It's it's good. One hundred four defense rating too. So I mean, he's he is someone you could have in the car and know. Okay, if we get messed up, we can send Norman in, and he can crack the safe real quick and get back mm-hmm. out to the car. No problem. So here's my thing. Here's my thing. Looking at this, um, it's funny because if we technically go off purely off minutes, Mark and Serge are tied. And then Norman averages just over a minute more than them. 
And so technically speaking, Serge shouldn't have made the cut, but he is a starter. So, I mean, like you said, I'm really like, we can kind of talk about both. I think Mark's clearly the more interesting and I would probably um, lean towards Mark being just because the fact that Mark and Serge play the exact same amount of minutes, that means Mark probably rotates in first and you see more of an exchange between those two. And so, um, I'd almost be comfortable, even you know, making the call for making the case for for Mark. But we can go ahead and uh, talk about his stats. Okay, uh, Marcus Saul this year uh, shoot forty point two percent from three on three point five attempts per game. So he can, in fact, practice safe. He doesn't do it a whole ton, but why was it a change from whenever he was back in Memphis pulling jobs? He really wasn't that dude. He Mm-mm. He was obviously the lead man, and mm-hmm. uh, everyone knew that. But he didn't really crack many safes because a part of it was he didn't have to. It wasn't his job. He was the lead man here to get everybody in line and try to pull off this heist in the most lookout, gritty way possible. But um, now, at this point, it's, he's just got so much experience. I mean, he was the lead man forever in Memphis. Now he kind of comes in, does some brute stuff, cracks a safe here and there. And I don't know. I think he'd be the kind of guy you would want to uh, be your driver. You know what you're going to get. You're going to get good every time. He's got a 100.2 defense rating, by the way. And I don't know. I think you know what you're going to get, and you're going to get a good driver every time. Yeah, I could I – could. I could agree with that totally. And I mean, looking at it, I think if, so if putting this in the context of a heist, right, they're probably going to go with Mark because of purely going off of his experience, right? He has a wealth more of experience, even though, you know, Norman's really involved and he's up and come and he's good. And they're going to give him some, some small opportunities here and there. Mark's definitely the guy. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, we like you, Norman. We know you're doing really good stuff, but, I mean, come on. Mark. Of course we're bringing Mark. That's right. how it would go pretty much every time. Mark's the go-to. And um, so I'm fine with going with Mark as the driver. It's also just more entertaining that way, too, like you said. So we can go ahead and jump into our recap of the Raptors before we talk overall chances to pull off the big one. And uh, so – Leading is Nick Nurse, who has already pulled off the big one, and a lot of guys on this team already have. So, um, but he's a he's a newcomer who surprised a lot of people, but he can get it done, and he's continue continuing to prove himself this season of heists. And so it's, I mean, he's he's real good. He can do it, and he can get it done. He's one of the best masterminds in the game. And we got Kyle Lowry, who's just kind of slid into the lead man role because um, there's a little bit of a void. So he kind of fills it, but he's not necessarily spectacular at it. And Pascal Siakam's kind of awkwardly challenging him for it, but yeah. it's like, he's so low key about it. Pascal's like, nah, man, I don't care. But in the back of his mind, Kyle's like, bro, you're really stepping on my, stepping in my <laughs> limelight here. And I'm trying to finally get a lead at 33 and, Oh, and he just cutting him off like that. So, but he is, and I mean, he really has hacker tendencies, but he can kind of crack a safe every now and again, but he's pretty good. Then you got uh, Fred Van Vliet, 
uh, crowd favorite. And he, he is a smooth operator, but for this crew, he is their safe cracker because he can do it. And so he, he does a little bit of everything, but specifically when it's time to get into the safe, Van Vliet's their go-to. Then we got OG, and I'm just going to leave him at OG. You can figure out his last your, his last name on your own. He's really just a cash grabber here. He, he the, the order for him to do anything great, it really isn't there. He's there to fill a role, and he's there to do his job and do it well. Now, not not to be confused, you know, when, when he is needed, he needs to do it good, and he does good enough. And he's – but really, he's just a cash grabber because I think in a lot of ways – if he were asked to be in a more prominent role, we're not sure how it would turn out yet. So that's why he's staying there. Then you got Pascal Siakam. He's their smooth operator, borderline lead man. He really uh, surprised everybody and exploded onto the scene and really stepped up in some heists in some big ways last year, helping pull off the big one. And he's, like you said, like 30 to 40% of the lead man here on this, yeah. on this crew right now. And um, the real question, how it continues to pan out now that people know he's coming and know of him. Now that the authorities have him on record and, you know, can put up the wanted posters. It's like, ah, you're not surprising us anymore. We know about this guy. So uh, then uh, we got Serge Ibaka, the unorthodox brute. He, for this team, he, he would be their brute, but he doesn't really operate like a normal brute. He doesn't really fit that mold, but he doesn't do enough of something else to be called something else. It's like in a real pinch, he could come in and crack a safe maybe, but uh, he's yeah. not, I mean, it's kind of, eh, you don't really need him to do that. especially not on this team. And then lastly, but not least by any means, you got to try the true Mark Gasol. The once uh, gritty grind house lead man is now a solid, solid getaway driver who. Um, if they're having trouble with the safe, he can come in. He's had a lot of experience. You know, maybe it's an older safe and uh, the, the locks are a little bit different. And Van Bleet's like, man, this was made before I was born. Mark comes in. It's like, hey, babe, don't worry. I got you. I've been doing this for years. Comes in, you know, that guy, that kind of old, gritty yep. voice. Hey, hey, look here, young blood. Let me show you how to crack this safe right here. You know, yep. kind of one of those. There's no situations. doubt that he calls him young blood. <laughs> um, he's Spanish. So whatever that is in Spanish. Anyways. True. So he comes in and he does that. All in all, a really solid squad with a great mastermind or crew. Sorry, with a great mastermind. What are the chances they pull off the big one in this weird year that we have? All right. I'm actually going to go pretty high, especially with this really condensed playoff push. I think that helps whenever you have a real good mastermind and a team that's just kind of gelled together pretty well. Um, So I'm going to go – and you can – Tell me where you're feeling. I'm going between 54 and 62%. Okay, that wasn't as high as I thought you were going to go. So, <laughs> 54 to 62, man, you know, I'd almost be, oddly enough, they have a good case. Like you said, you're coming off, they're coming off strong off of pulling off the big one. And then this year's a little, like, condensed and they've already gelled pretty well. There's really nothing different about this year's team out, well, outside of Kawhi. But <laughs> here's the thing, though. We have enough body of work to understand that like they're still doing it right now. The big question is, though, will Pascal or Kyle or Van Vliet or whoever be able to step up and make that sh- shot from the corner that bounced yeah. around four times to give them the win over the 76ers? Like, is that, you know, that's going to be their big question marks is in those big-time moments – 
are they going to really be able to show out with this? But with this weird situation, I mean, I like it. I, I'd go high 50s. I don't know if I want to quite eclipse 60 because I don't know if really any squad yeah. will eclipse 60. So I'm fine with like 58%. What do you think? Uh, 58% sounds good. I mean, like you were saying, it's just too tough to tell whenever mm-hmm. they're not. I mean, Kyle Lowry has his demons with the playoffs, as we all know. And now we're hoping Pascal can step up and be that guy the entire playoffs, like why was last year. Yeah, It just sounds like a tough order. So that's why I can't eclipse 60. There are some other teams that I'm, I'm going to put around 60. I'm going to put in there, but it's just not them. So I, I was just curious because we've gotten to this point. We haven't brought these up at all, um, but I, I was curious when we were talking about it and we were both like, man, they got pretty good chances. I was like, I wonder what their real life odds are. So just to break it down real quick, they are, even though they've, I think they've proven themselves to be very good this year again, and that they have very good chances. They get put below. Um, obviously the bucks, that's fine. Lakers and bucks. We all know there's kind of two favorites. And then the Clippers as well, you can make a good case for that. They have the lead man who took them through the big yeah, heist last no, year. I'm so good with fine. them being below the Clippers. But then they're also below the Celtics and the Rockets. Not by much. Celtics and Rockets are 15-1, and the Raptors oh. are then 17-1. It's one of those where it's like, you can make a case, but really – Celtics based- I can kind of see, but then the Rockets, no, no one knows. So yeah. who knows? So they- it might be a good call that they're above them. It might be terrible. No one knows. No one really knows. And that's, and I think sometimes though, it's hard to quantify of like a, if you want to call them this, a center, a more synergetic, uh, tactician or a team with a, with a tactician at the helm, sure. like Nick nurse, who, who really is, is winning with his system more than his players who I think it's sometimes hard to quantify that or the odds just come out lower because it's like they don't have the clear cut like on paper like oh yeah this is gonna go well because like when we looked at all their stats they all kind of do the same thing it's just like van vliet shoots like a little bit better than kyle lowry but kyle they take the same amount of shots and then everyone else is like oh no we're shooting 39 percent um but we only take three a game you know and but everyone has a good defensive rating so it's just kind of weird but uh i think we make the rules on here. We're making the decisions. We are laying down the facts. It's not true. And we say 58%. So I don't care what those stupid odds say. 58% it is. Anyways, next, we're going to move on Move move on to the West and go with the clips. The clippity clips. So, yeah, yeah. Let's. Uh, you want to kick this thing off with with a boy Doc over there in in LA doing his raspy thing. Yep. Uh, obviously, we got Doc Rivers at the helm, uh, <laughs> mastermind who's pulled it off. Yep. Pulled off the big one before, uh, back on the East Coast. Um, as far as I can tell, and I am biased on this one. I love me some Doc. Um, <laughs> one of the best masterminds out there. I mean, one of the best to do it. Um. I think when you got him at the helm, you got a shot. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think? I agree. Now, I want to say in his tenure with the Clippers, it's been kind of weird because they kind of had the the first round curse for a while, and they made it past that a little bit. But I don't, I don't think they ever made it to like conference finals. Maybe they did once. And I don't know. It was this weird thing where like the team looked really good, and you know Doc is he is a good mastermind, but. 
I don't know. They, they just, there seemed to be some hang up that nobody quite put their thumb on. And I'm not going to put it on doc necessarily, but I'm, I'm maybe just a hair more skeptical than you are. I think he definitely has fair. pulled off the big one, but I think it very well could have been one of those situations where they just didn't have the right crew to really do it. And, and, but they just kept trying because it, they got close enough that they were like, Oh, we can do this next year. We just got to do this different. Like, like, right. Like, Oh, we just sure. we tripped that silent alarm and we just had to get out a little bit early, you know? And there was always one little ticky tacky thing. So I, I mean, either way, I think he's, he is great. And he's, yeah. um, if, if, if his son could be half as good of a player as he is a coach, he might have he might be a little bit better, but anyways, Doc is great, and he's definitely proven. I mean, I think with him at the helm, yeah, because here we go, we got a whole new squad, and I mean, they're still doing big things. So he's able, oh, yeah. he's able to work with really anybody. Just give him some star power, but I think if you give him the right crew, I mean, man, they can definitely pull off the big one. So, yeah. Well, I think we're pretty well close enough to agreement on that. Uh, we'll move on to Pat Bev. Patrick Beverly, uh, the point guard, he's shooting 37.9% from three on 4.1 attempts, uh, 104 defense rating. I'm not sure exactly what to call him because he is quite like he is Mr. 94 feet. Like he's going to bother you get under your skin for 94 feet in the game. So is he just like the ultra irritating safe cracker? Like he just stays ultra focused and annoys anyone trying to slow the heist down until he can go focus on cracking the safe. Like people that are crying in the, in the lobby, like, Oh no, why are you doing? Hey, listen to me. It just focuses on them until they're just so annoyed by him just shouting at them over and over and over and over until they're finally, everything's quiet and he can go in and crack a safe. I, I don't know. That's my idea on him. Uh, let me know what you think. The awkward thing is they clearly, well, they have another guy who can crack safes just fine. Sure. So I, I didn't know what to do with him, right? Because, I mean, you look at his stat line, he's good, but going the route of safe cracker, I was like, I don't know. It's like, it's only four attempts a game. Once again, it's a pretty low attempt load, and really that's not what he's known for. So I almost, I almost think of it as like he's a super unique crew member who he has – um, like like you said, he has an irritant ability. So I, I almost went like, and a little bit unorthodox route. I called him. I said, "Look out!" In my shorthand notes, but really, what that comes down to is, like, they they have a brute, but this guy, and they do have their lead man, but their lead man's pretty quiet and doesn't really say much. So this guy is just, he kind of comes in and takes control of everything. And is, I don't know, I, I almost see him as more of like an intimidator. And he can get in there and help crack a safe if he needs to. But like, he, he just kind of comes in and is just, he's that crazy guy. Like, he knows what he's doing. It's a controlled crazy, but he's scaring the living daylights out of everybody in the building who's potentially a hostage. So nobody even thinks, like, even has a second thought about, like, oh, I'm going to try and do something crazy because they don't know if this guy might stab him in the heart for breathing weird. Like, I don't know. Like, what's he going to do? And Or he might go he might go stab that lady in the heart if I breathe weird because he's crazy. 
So the I don't thing know. Is do we make a new category just for him and just call him a crazy? Like, is that what we do? Well, like a controlled crazy? They, I mean, because he's a. I can see lookout and lookout. You know, really intense lookout who maybe should dial the looking out back a little bit. Like he's <laughs> he's at the door to the bank and someone walks by and he screams, "What are you looking at?" And while they are across the street. They're not even looking at him because they're reading a newspaper right in front of them. And he's yelling at them like, what are you looking at? Why do you have a newspaper? No one reads print media anymore. And then they keep moving. And he's like, all right, they won't be back. And you're like, okay, I guess that is effective. But wow, that was terrifying for a little bit. See, he... I think for the mole that is like heist and, and if you want to talk about all the different like, you know, crime movies and heist movies out there, I think there's, I don't know. I think there is like there, some of them do have that crazy, that crazy guy role, you know, where it's like, he doesn't really oh, yeah. fit in. And so maybe, Oh no. I mean, it happens all the time. Cause mm-hmm. it was, you know, the, the main character, the whoever, whatever girl he's trying to get in the movie, it's her brother. Yep, that's always, always. the controlled crazy. Always, and, and, and that's, that's Pat Bev. That is Patrick Beverly. He is, he he is the crazy lookout. I'm I'm fine with calling him that because he, he's really good at it, but he is crazy about it. And so whether yeah. that's watching the people in the lobby or that's watching, you know, what's happening on the street in front of the building or both he is just he takes a psychopathic yeah. route about it but at the same time he is True. controlled but no but yeah. people who maybe are new to the crew don't realize that and the pedestrians don't don't know that so they take him at his word but Boy, yeah i will say he's one of the more successful at this role other oh, people that come to mind are well, Draymond Green would yep. probably be something similar to that. Um, if you want to take it back, Rashid Wallace, mm. he was big time. That Ron um, Artest, even you could go back, Ron Artest, Dennis Rodman, Latrice yep. Sprewell. It pissed people Those off. are the type of people that we're looking at here. Latrice might be the least successful, but he also <laughs> choked his coach, so he gets bonus points for that. Yeah, that's a that's an extra credit. So I'm fine. I'm fine with with going with that because I don't know. He wasn't quite safe cracker for this team, at least. But maybe like on another. I like it. So I'm let's talk it. about um in your to use your words, P. Old George. Yeah, that was a toughie. Um, P. Old George, he shoots thirty nine point nine percent from three on seven point nine attempts this year, one hundred five point seven defense rating. And my only real question is. He's just a smooth operator, right? Like, he's not 100%. a lead man. I don't no. know. It's not since Indiana has he been an actual lead man. No, he fits this weird role where he comes in. He's more of a pressure reliever. Like, because yeah. if there's anybody, if there's, he's definitely one of, if, if he's not the most apt description of smooth operator, just in, like, literally his True. game is smooth. Like, when, yep. like, if I was just putting this in pure basketball terms, I'm like, all right, who's, like, one of the smoothest players in the league? Is him because he just he flows well, so it fits his bill basketball wise. But also looking in terms of what we're doing with these heists, yeah, I think I think you call him smooth operator, and he, but he alleviates the pressure from the lead man because he's so prominent 
that people think, oh, he's in charge, but really he may not be in charge. And, you know, he's just here. He's just a big deal and really good at what he does, but he's not really the lead man. And he's fine with that. He doesn't try and press to be the lead man. It seems like it. He just does his thing because he knows it's going to help out the lead man. And if people think he kind of is a co-lead man, that's on them. He doesn't really care. He just wants to go fishing. True. <laughs> Such a good point. So Such he's, a good point. He, he He's one of the best smooth operators in the game right now. Oh, yeah. That's what I'd say. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let's move on to our actual lead man, yeah. Kawhi Leonard. He is, I mean, no doubter, lead man. Shooting 36.6% from three on 5.7 attempts. Uh, 104.3 defense rating. I'm not sure that there's a better lead man out there right now that uh, can pull off the big one. I don't know if there's a better one out there right now for specifically pulling off the big one. No. He went out and did something nobody was ready for. He went against the gauntlet, the gambit, whatever you want to call it, American Gladiator, and he... And he just drug a team, like many players have drug a team to the big one, and they don't pull it off. He drug a team there and then ended up getting a lot of support and pulled it off at the shock of everybody. So I could agree with you, right? Yeah, I, I fully agree with you. He is a I lead mean, man who's done it like no, like to me, what he did last year goes down in history is like it goes down in history with like the synergy, um <laughs> the synergy crew on like the 04 Pistons, right? Yeah, like nobody was ready for that. Oh. What just happened? I mean, he is very clearly also a dynasty killer at this point. Oh yeah, he destroyed the Miami Heat big three, and then mm-hmm. with injuries, understand there is that. But the uh, Hampton Five, and that what they called him? Yeah, something like that. Something like that. He was the one to end both of those. I mean, might not be directly necessarily, but he was the last one to beat them in their final year together and that is incredible he is that dude he is the lead man i think we just move on from here yes there's no there's nothing else okay. to say Kawhi, to, Kawhi wouldn't say anything else we're not going to next all right move on to uh marcus morris he only played 12 games since he came over uh to la i uh, came from the knicks so big time change um since he got to la cannot crack a safe not to save his life. He's shooting 28.3% on five attempts a game in LA specifically in those 12 games. Before that, with the overall season, this whole 2019-20, this includes the Knicks and the Lakers, he's shooting 41% on 5.9 attempts a game. Hmm. I, I don't know if LA necessarily, they're like, hey, we need you to only crack these safes at this time right now if that's getting in his head because back in New York, he could go pretty much anywhere and be like, all right, I'm gonna crack that safe real quick. And then I'm gonna go across the street and crack that safe. And their whole unit was like, all right, Marcus, let's go. We'll, we'll follow you. Sounds good. And, but now, you know, he's not that dude here. So I don't know what's going on. I'm curious to see what the bubble has for him. Um, you know, see if he can get back to his safe cracking ways, but, he needs to get it figured out. Yeah, he was an interesting one because I was I expected more out of him, but since being in LA, it's really messed with him. 
And I mean, he was in New York at one point. And he was doing it, so it's not like the big market mess with him. Really, he can handle it. I mean, oh. it is East Coast versus West Coast, slightly different ball game, but nonetheless, I don't think the lifestyle of you know big big metropolitan city, you know, real well known, lots of stuff to do, has gotten to him. I don't know what it is. Maybe he's just intimidated by like he's got he's got KY, he's got the dynasty. Buster, and then he's got the smooth operator right now, and you got psycho crazy Patrick. So he just like doesn't really know where he fits in right now, and so it makes him really really nervous to try and crack a safe because he wants to, but it's like yeah, oh I, he, I don't know. I think he gets nervous, and maybe when they're trying to do the training exercises, he just can't cut it because he's like, man, I could just be cut from this crew because I'm not as good as. Uh, Peel George or or Crazy Patrick might stab me in the calf after if I don't get it within forty five seconds. And he's very stabby in this episode, and that's yeah. what we're gonna go with. But I, I I don't know. I just see him as always having a knife and always just being ready to stab someone, and for for really little to no reason. But I I honestly for this for the sake of this squad this crew, I have him as just like a cash grabber, and because he. He's, then I'm okay with at that. At least right I mean, now, based on what we know, because the bubble is an enigma that we don't know how it's going to pan out. We've seen some scrimmages, true. sure, and we've seen, okay, these guys are still good at basketball. <laughs> but true. all in all, once once it's actually game time, and particularly for those fringe teams, we're really going to see, okay, who's going to perform. Plus, um, you know, you've had some minor injuries already, and I'm like, hmm, how's this going to shake things up? So yep. I, I really – I think right now he's he's new to this, he's new to the crew, so he's just cash grabbing until maybe he can find his footing in safe cracking spe- specifically. But he's just sure. kind of brooding around, cash grabbing, just making sure Patrick doesn't get too crazy. I I yeah. don't really know. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that. So on to a guy I have don't think I've ever heard of. Uh, Oh, really? You haven't heard of DJ Zubak? Uh, he's not really my style. He's a little too trappy for me. I'm more of a house guy. Anyways, break him down for us. So, Zubak, Ivaka Zubak. Um, I'm not really sure if he even hardly counts as a uh, brute. He never once has attempted to crack a safe hardly. I think he shoots 0% on 0.1 attempts per game. As his yeah. career average, um, and that might even be highballing it. Um, Seven point two rebounds a game, zero point nine blocks, zero point two steals, one hundred four point one defense rating. Um, I don't know. He's probably. I mean, he's the brute for this team. That's pretty obvious. So I guess we'll probably end up going with brute. But he didn't get quite as many rebounds and blocks as I would want an optimal brute to have. Obviously, is that role though? He's just not the best at it. Yeah. Once again, we find ourselves in a situation where they find someone to fill in, fill in a spot. Be like, you are our brute. You are not maybe a brute, but you're our brute. And yep. I think that's what this guy is. I think DJ Zubak. Uh, yeah. There's nothing special going on there. And it's funny too because it's like, oh, maybe he like he still plays a decent amount of minutes. But he, he is in in terms of minutes, he is eleventh. So he, but but it's like it's funny because it's like 
games played, 64. Games started, 62. So he's out there for tip-off to kick the heist off or to maybe help with the initial planning. But he is not like – I mean, I guess he goes. For for terms of this, he's there and he does it, but he really doesn't do that much. And when you have crazy Patrick at the helm, he really doesn't have to do much because he's so psychotic that – it's like, oh, I don't really need someone else to go out around and break anybody's nose because that'll just make things too chaotic. So, yeah, yeah he's not really a brute. I Like, he's really no. – he's a brute for what they need, but he's really just a cash grabber. Like, he's just – Okay, hey. so I got it. I think I know. So he walks in and says, everyone down, this is a heist. Uh-huh. Because obviously their lead man isn't saying that out loud. No. And once they get down on the ground – He's just there to look intimidating and stare at him like, and he's just big enough and brute enough. They're like, okay, we don't want to mess with this guy, even though maybe he's the one that you would want to try, but you don't because he looks terrifying. He's actually the Achilles heel. He's a Trojan horse for him, really. It's it's like, oh, look at this. That's big and bad, and then but it's actually not what you think it is, and that's that's uh, I like it. I'm with it. So let's go ahead and talk about. Uh, maybe the most exciting driver in the game right now. Yes, this is Lou Bill. I mean, he's the best one doing it today. He is, let's see here, he's Dominic Toretto. Um, <laughs> all of that. Like, he is just doing all of those things, and it's crazy. He's shooting 36.3% from three on 4.9 attempts. 106.6 defense actually was better. Uh, then I was kind of wondering if it would be. Uh, I think he's one of the best cat burglars doing it. I mean, so he is that kind of finesse driver. Um, it, it's kind of crazy. He He's just the best one doing it today. Straight out of a Fast and the Furious movie. He can get away from anyone on that level. Mm-hmm. He does it, and he's been doing it for years, and he keeps doing it. He doesn't try and, yep. he doesn't try and jump ships to something else. He's like, no, nah, I'm really good at this. Let me do this. And he's going to go down as one of the all-time best drivers. And that's just what it is. It's, everybody knows Lou Will. He, he, he might get he might get driver of the year in, the, you know, in those underground awards in Tampa like we talked about a few episodes ago. But we'll see how it pans out. I mean, he's always, he's always up there in the talks for it. Like, there's really not much else to be said outside of what you broke it down because that was – I mean, that was really good. This is Lou Will. <laughs> I will ha- I will add one thing okay. just because I read about it today at oh, the time man. of recording. Uh, this is Monday, uh, July 27th. Mm-hmm. He probably won't actually be able to play the first two games in the regular season part of this bubble thing because he left for an excused absence, like an excused reason to leave, which is fine. I think it was no a funeral deal. or something. I think it was. It was a funeral, I believe, for his grandfather. Mm-hmm. Which is no big deal. Yeah. Um, plenty of people have already left for that. And if you go for that and it's approved thing and you can then come back, I think it's usually like two, three days so long as you're tested every mm-hmm. day while you're gone and when you come back and it's all negative. But he made a quick pit stop in uh, Magic City, which is a gentleman's club in Atlanta. But it wasn't for anything that you're thinking. That's just his favorite restaurant where the hot wings are made. So that's why he stopped by just with a quick in and out, as he as he literally put it. 
For the so, hot wings. Oh my god. Yes, because that's his favorite restaurant in Atlanta. Um, so he might not be back for the first couple games whenever they get back, but he should after that. Just you know, so long as nothing terrible goes awry. Just want to ne- make sure that was out there, just so we're all aware of the entirety of the situation. It is something else. So they're yes. they're gonna they're gonna have a different getaway driver for the first couple. First couple uh, jobs in the Orlando bubble, and it's all for hot wings. Yeah, but then after that, he should be back, and they should be operating full yeah. strength again. So overall sense, it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. So we'll do a quick recap. And so we've got Doc Rivers, the raspy classic. And he, he's proven he's pulled off the big one. It's been a while, but he he's done it and he can do it. And he's a great mastermind. Then we got crazy Patrick who kind of is his own role. And he's a, he, he is a lookout in terms of our structured roles, but he's totally psychotic and terrifying. Yep. Then we got, as you put it, Peel George, who is a smooth operator who like who a lot of people want to believe is a lead man, but really, He's just a really, really smooth operator, and he takes he's, yeah. he, he relieves pressure off for the lead man. So then we have our silent lead man, one of the best lead mans, the Dynasty Buster lead man, Kawhi Leonard. He does it all, and he did it all last year, pulled off the big one. Nothing more to say on him. Marcus Morris, who has cracked some safes in his day, but he is trying to figure out his role right now. He's new to this crew. And his crew is pretty stacked, unlike uh, previous crews he's been on. And so he's not just chomping at the bit to necessarily crack some safes or do anything specific. So right now he's just hauling some cash, playing a good supporting role. And we've got uh, DJ Zubak over here, who's warm body. He walks in, announces the heist, and stands there and looks scary. And that's about all he does. Um, he's yep. not really a brute. He just gives on a facade of a brute. So lastly, we've got legendary driver Lou will, and he does it all. He's been, he's been driving for years uh, and he's been doing it. Well, he's pulled off some great getaway drives and he's just, I mean, he's great. So, and he loves his hot wings. So what are their chances at the big one this year? What do you, what are you calling it at? I'm going higher. I'm going 60 to 68%. I think man. I think we're up there. I think we're up there with, I mean, with the lead man that they have. I'm not sure how you can do a lot lower with the surrounding cast around this lead man. It, uh, he's proven it that he can do it, and then he's had two months off, yeah. three months off to heal up that knee or whatever it was that you could tell was kind of ailing him. I don't know. I don't know. I think they got a shot. That's fair. I, I think you, I mean, we're, we are at this point where all these teams have a pretty good chance. So yeah. I, I feel comfortable going like a 64%. I'm good with that. 60. I, I, I don't know. 65 is a little bit eerie to me, even though I think they're well deserving of it. So I'm going to, I'm going to err on the side of caution and go 64%. And if you're good with that, I think we can, uh, that's where we can land. Yeah. So 64%. I mean, like you said, he just proved it last year and this year. Arguably, he has just as good, if not better, crew to work with in terms of at least raw talent. And so we'll see what they can make happen. Uh, but that uh, I think that wraps it up for 
this episode of NBA Heists. We talked about the Clippers and the Raptors. We'd love to know uh, your thoughts on our picks and our breakdowns of these crews and their chances. And if you agree, disagree, maybe you um, if you have a better analogy besides just stab happy for Patrick Beverly, who knows, or just give us your best Doc Rivers impression. Anyways, you can do all of that by just uh, sending in an email to theramblingviking at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear all of your feedback. So thanks so much, everybody, for listening, and we'll see you on the next and final NBA heist. Um, 